0: It is time to bring it back to vulnerability, back to connection. Here on the How's Your Heart podcast, we chat weekly about the practical ways to deepen the relationship with ourselves and how to cultivate that with the people around us too. My name is Jess. I am the host here on the How's Your Heart podcast, and alongside some amazing guests together, we are here to create psychologically safe spaces and to put into practice asking more than just how are you. Instead, we're asking, how's your heart? Hey Anne, Yay. welcome to the mic. Hello, thanks for having oh, me. Oh, so excited to have you here. Um, one of my good, good friends from Cowork and I'm just so grateful to be able to have networked with you and to be able to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited. Very <laughs> so good. Um, I first and foremost just want to ask you, how's your heart? What's been going on?
1: Oh my gosh, I love that question. I think the first time I met you, I told you how much I love that question. I've never heard it before until I met you. Um, My heart is doing pretty good. It's been a bit rough the past few months, but I'm kind of coming out the other end of that rough patch, if that makes sense. So it feels a lot lighter. My heart feels good. um, And it feels positive it's looking forward to the future
0: <laughs> so good I feel like that just vulnerability there to like admit yeah it's been rough but we're pushing through we're getting there um I really appreciate that I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that as well um the reason why I want to bring you on here is because actually a conversation we had at co-work and As as soon as we had this conversation, I was like, yes, we need to get you on the podcast. I didn't know that season four was going to be about hibernation eras. But essentially, after I started my podcast, Em also started hers. And we were kind of chatting about it one day. And she was saying, thank you so much for your help on like everything to do with the podcast and all of that. And I was like, oh, I don't really know. I guess I'm just kind of guessing here. And, you know, you're really smart. You could have figured it out on your own and you would have. And you said, no, 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 take the compliment, like be confident in your abilities. And that really struck a nerve with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. I really need to like harness this confidence and, you know, feel a little bit more secure in myself about that. And throughout the past few months, Em and I have been getting to know each other a little bit more. And I just know that whenever I'm hanging around her, that her aura and everything about you is just so beautiful and confident and amazing. And so I thought, let's bring her on the podcast. And oh my gosh, those beautiful birds. See <laughs> <You know> that? <laughs> <laughs> they are so beautiful. Um, I, thought, I, I, I love was, that on because in this hibernation era, often we can feel a lack of self-confidence and like our limiting beliefs take over. So I think she's perfect to have on here. I'm just, yeah, super excited for this combo.
1: Yay. I love that. I I remember that conversation so much too. And I think it was me as well. It's interesting how you take it on and then how for me it was giving you that compliment and giving you the advice because at that time I think one thing I really struggled with was also taking compliments and I knew that that was something I needed to change within me and it was kind of therapeutic for me to be able to tell you like no take the compliment because it made it like just more normalized for me also to be like no Emma you need to take the compliments too like let's stop making it about anything but us, it is about us. Like you helped me so much. You told me everything that I needed to do to start my podcast, like
0: mm. take the compliment girl. Yeah, <laughs> take it and run with it. Um, mm. so through, I guess I really want to dive into your journey with mm. I guess everything leading up to now, um, starting from obviously you being in a psych environment and then transitioning to your beautiful awesome job and just life that you have right now um yeah can you kind of give us a background story with that
1: yeah sure so um i guess i i'll start from studying so i studied psychology i originally studied law and then i quit that (laughs) very quickly. And I started studying psychology. I didn't actually even know if it was what I wanted to do. I just wanted to try. And so I did that. And then I went and did my um, honours year in psychology as well. And after that, I went and worked um, for two years. And I worked in the justice system with um, young people involved in the justice system. And it was like, now that it's been a few years I can look back on it and I feel like I don't have as much to say about it but at that time it was two years of my life where I felt so not myself Mm -hmm. a lot of the time like I was I was brought up um in a family a beautiful family um but that really prided themselves on academic achievement and i have very smart siblings um they're doctors you know they're Mm -hmm. and my dad has created a beautiful life for us but there was really a heavy emphasis on academia and so i always felt like i had to prove myself through academics and like that was where my worth was was being smart or um I was never as smart. I was never going to be a doctor. It wasn't my thing, but I always tried to do something that would be the equivalent in my family's eyes. And so studying psychology and then going and working, I really like grinded very hard for the first two years. And I had like three or four promotions in two years time. And I was earning a lot of money, way more than my older siblings. And so I kind of looked like the vision of success that my parents or that I thought my parents would have wanted. Realistically, my parents just wanted me to be happy. But I had this idea in my head that I had to be very smart and I had to have like I had to climb that corporate ladder and I had to, you know, in order to be worthy, I had to make money and do all of these different things. And it just got to a point where i realized how unhappy i was internally and how i was chronically stressed i was seeing two psychologists at one point one workplace psychologist and one outside of work and i was on antidepressants and i was just so like everything in my life on the outside should have like looked amazing. I had a new boyfriend, you know, it's so great. I was making a lot of money. I could go and do all these great things. It was during COVID as well. But at the end I went to Bali, like I was doing all these great things, but internally I was just at the probably one of the lowest points I've had in my life. And I started having to take weeks off work for mental health reasons. Um, And it just got to the point where I realized no amount of success and making myself look like I was successful was going to make me happy internally. And I remember telling my parents how much I didn't like my job and they were like, oh, we know, like, you're so stressed all the time. You're so tired. Like, you're never happy and i was like i want to quit my job and they're like yeah you should <laughs> and i was like what do you mean are you joking <laughs> like you think i should quit like look at all this money i'm earning you actually think i should quit and they're like you like there's no there's no amount of money that is worth you being unhappy like what's the point my dad was just like what's the point of life if you're unhappy yeah. there is none and so it kind of gave me the permission to not that i needed it like i think i still really struggled with no like i need to be successful i need to you know keep doing this but it gave me a bit of permission to get to the point where i was like no i need to quit this i need to change my life and so that's when i we made plans to move to a different state when we did i quit my job i moved up here took some time off and then kind of Fell into what I'm doing now,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: and even and that's been its own journey. So, yeah, that's kind of like what got me to switch the careers and to start, I guess, thinking about what I actually wanted.
0: Wow, what a story! Hey, what a journey! Yeah, sorry, I talked for ages. <laughs> oh, no, no, good. We loved that. that awesome. Um, just that whole journey and learning how to. I don't know, listen to other people, listen to yourself. I feel like I am much the same in my story. It kind of took other people to validate me and what was going on for me to actually realize, oh yeah, hold on. This isn't normal. This isn't how I normally am. Um, Something actually isn't okay here. I need to do something about that. Um, I'm not sure if you felt that validation part in there, but it, It's a real confusing part in life when someone kind of holds the mirror and they're like, no, actually, like, take a look at what's going on right now because it doesn't seem okay.
1: No, yeah, it is interesting. And it's so interesting how our mind, even when we get that validation, your mind can still be like, no, it's not enough, like underneath it, you know, even when they gave me that validation, I was like, oh, but they still want me to be successful. Like the only way I'm going to be successful in their eyes is if I do X, Y, and Z. And so no amount of validation could get me to the point I needed to be at. I think the validation helped, but I had to kind of hit a rock bottom, which I don't advise anyone should have to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But personally, like I didn't really, at the time, I didn't have like a, a mentor or I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt super lost with if I quit this job, I've actually zero clue what I want to do next. Um, it wasn't a case of like, oh, I have this business idea. I really want to do that, but I have to make money at the same time. Blah blah. blah. It was like, no, I actually have zero clue what I would want to do if it isn't this. Um, So that was really scary, but I had to just get to the point where I was like, no, we have to close this chapter to allow a new chapter to open.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What were some of the signs or I guess little Mm -hmm. moments where you were like, yeah, okay, maybe I do actually need to shift gears here. Maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I think um, it it starts off, it's easy to pinpoint at the very end because so much was going wrong. But I think I knew probably nine months to 12 months into that two-year job how much it wasn't right for me. And it was just little things to begin with, like I – I couldn't disconnect from it when I went home. I felt like it followed me around all the time. It wasn't, if I look back on it, it wasn't healthy at all. Like I didn't have good boundaries around what I was doing. I also, there wasn't any part of the job that I felt fulfilled by. Usually, you know, there would be a part of the job where you're like, oh, I enjoy this or I feel fulfilled by this or whatever it is. But there wasn't really a single part of it that I enjoyed. The only enjoyment I got out of it was how it made me look to other people. When people would say, what do you do for work? And they'd say, oh, that's so amazing. Or when I would talked to my friends and I'd gotten a promotion and they'd praise me for it or my parents would praise me for it. Like that was the only fulfillment I kind of got out of it. Um, and my colleagues at work, I love my colleagues. <laughs> that was probably the only other part, but it was just slight, like it would take the joy out of my day. I didn't, and it would mean I didn't have any joy outside of work either because it would follow me around. Um, I felt constantly stressed about it. I, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, a case of it not being right for me and that's not to say it's not right for other people but for me it was just very clear it wasn't the right job for yeah. me yeah
0: so when those signs started coming in and you were kind of realizing I'm not getting like any happiness from this mm-hmm. any fulfillment like kind of everything that you've been saying just kind of sounds like external validation that you were seeking and you when you realized yeah. that was like not really filling up your cup in the way you expected. What were some of the thoughts that were going through your head and like feelings? Mm. So I've studied yeah, this very so long and
1: yeah, it's a good question. It was a lot of fear. Um, like my thoughts were very fear based, they were, um, like I am not going to be good enough if I don't have this, if I don't have this type of money i'm not going to be successful people are going to be disappointed in me people are going to think i'm like i have a very vindictive vicious inner like mean girl yes yeah and she she can just be so i know she's trying to protect me but she can be so horrible um and it's just very like your you'll pretty much be worthless. Like, you know, what What will you be if you don't have this? You've spent so much money um, to study this. You've spent so much time to do this. You have put so much effort. Like by that point, I had put so much effort into this job. It wasn't like I was slacking, like I was hustling. I was always trying to get that next promotion, make more money, like just And even with the clients that I would work with, like I would always go above and beyond, like it was unhealthy the amount that I would invest into them, um, especially for such a very tricky dynamic of working with quite disadvantaged young people, like with mental health issues and all these things. Like it was just, and I, I had no emotional support for it either. And so just like, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, um, you need to be doing more, who are you going to be if you don't have this, all of those type of thoughts.
0: Yeah, oh, the mm. inner critic is just the worst, isn't it? It feels, yeah. I I find for myself my inner critic is the worst when I can't distinguish between intuition and I guess the inner critic and when it sounds so much like my voice, yeah, I guess if I was like in that position where that mean girl is just like spiking up, it feels so confusing. And I guess from there, what happened when you did decide to quit? Like, what were, what was the point in time? The next few months, like what followed that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because I am not going to sit here and say, oh, one day I just decided to quit and I quit. You know, like it wasn't, that wasn't realistic for me. And I don't think that's realistic for a lot of people. I was very fortunate that I was living at home at the time. I wasn't living out of home. I didn't have massive expenses. Like it was during COVID. So we didn't, like I was saving a lot of money. I didn't have to go out and do all these different things. Um, But for me, it was actually creating a plan like a plan of attack of how I was going to get out of this situation. And that plan spanned from originally, I thought that I would only be in that career a year, and then we were going to move to London, me and my partner. But with COVID that didn't happen. And my partner um, didn't, he'd already quit his job for moving to London. So he didn't have a job the rest of COVID. So. I stayed in my job for a whole nother year, but about when started things started easing up with COVID, I started saying to my partner, hey, look, like I'm ready and willing to quit my job. I'm happy to find alternatives here to work somewhere else. But if you want to move, if you still want to move, why don't we look somewhere else in Australia? And so my partner started applying for jobs around Australia. It took like a good six months or more. Like it always felt he was so close and then it didn't work and then it didn't work and it didn't work. Like I'm not trying to make this like, oh, everything came together so well. It did eventually, but it was hard at the beginning. And even throughout that, I actually applied for other jobs and I was constantly trying to get myself out of the the situation I was in. Um, And I did get a job doing the same thing but in a different part of Melbourne which where it was more relaxed and not so overworked so I worked in that for like a month or two before my partner got a job and then we moved up here so it was really around like setting the intention of what we wanted to do and just doing our best to like make that plan and fulfill that plan and it took time it wasn't an overnight thing but it gave me hope (laughs) <laughs> to yeah. keep working and keep trying and finding different alternatives.
0: Absolutely. That plan and hope and the intention to, you know, one day this will end, one day, you know, yeah. we won't be in this location anymore, or, you know, for anyone else in that relationship anymore, or in that friendship mm. anymore, in that home anymore. Um, that hope is so important. I feel like if we don't have hope, what do we really have? Um. yeah oh my gosh I love how real you are with the fact that it took time because mm. at least myself I'm such a like spontaneous person if I decide something like I'll drop everything and just like <laughs> yeah. go. like I when I first moved out of home I decided the Monday that I was going to move out looked for places and then I found a place on the Friday I got approved like, oh my God, like crazy. I moved out. The place was so expensive and it was an awful decision to do. <laughs> like, like, I just dropped it and left. And I think, although waiting is so hard, now that I've had to wait a little bit for the place that I really wanted and mm. the friends that I really wanted and being in a job that I really like and being able to network with people like you, Yeah, um, I feel like yeah. waiting makes you appreciate it so much more and allows you to have a little bit more time to reflect inwards as well and yeah. kind of dream just, like, what will happen in the future. I guess after you got the new place in Subject Mm. Post, and you moved up here. What did your life look like then?
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah, it was so different. (laughs) Um, One thing I wanted to say as well was um, when you were talking about waiting, sometimes I feel like, you know, I could have said to you, um, I could have skipped the whole part about the waiting and said to you, oh, my partner got offered a job up here, And I quit my job that day, which is what I did. And I did my two weeks notice and we moved that weekend. That's what we did. And that, if I just said that to some people, they'd be like, oh my God, that's so spontaneous. Like, how did you do that, blah, blah, blah. Um, And that, like, if sometimes things do happen quickly and they're, when it's right, it's meant to happen that way. Like for me, this was right. And so when he got offered the job, it happened quickly. And for you, maybe moving out was the right thing for you at that time. Maybe the place wasn't the right thing, but you needed that experience for a certain reason. And so there is the whole, like, I'm sure there's been times where you've had to wait for that thing to happen. And then times where you haven't had to wait, there's always kind of a purpose behind each one. And I wouldn't be able to talk about my experience and talk about who I am and what I've been through now. If I hadn't been through that massive waiting period, like it's kind of a blessing in disguise. So yeah, there's just so many different ways that things can happen. But when I moved up here, my life was so different. Like the minute I quit my job, I was just like breath of fresh air, like the lightest shoulders ever. Um, And we drove up here and I remember We got um, like, I don't know if where your listeners are from, but if they're from the Sunshine Coast, they probably know how hard it is to get a rental up here, especially at the kind of end phase of COVID. Um, We got the first rental we applied to before we even left Melbourne. We didn't even see it. We applied for the first one and we got it straight away, which is just like literally unheard of. But that's, I always think back on that. And by the way, our rent also hasn't gone up in three years now. And it's just like such a sign of how much it was the right, like the right thing for us. It all happened so quickly. But my life when I got up here was, I wasn't working for a good like four months. It was feeling very free, exploring, adventure, getting to design the house, like just I didn't have any responsibilities and I didn't put any pressure on myself to have to figure out what to do. I'd saved up a lot of money so that I didn't have to have that pressure. It's not the same for everyone else who might have to work straight away, but I didn't. And then eventually I started working in a boutique a little bit. um, And then I got into social media and then I started my business. And that's really kind of those gaps, it was like a gap of six to eight months where yeah. I moved and then the business kind of took off.
0: Amazing. Do you think that that was like your hibernation era? Like your total Totally. Reflection. Yeah. Was I it? didn't know
1: anyone up here. So yeah. I was alone for a good like four months, like literally alone. I had no friends, no family up here. Um, I didn't make any friends until probably like when I started working at the boutique. Um, But it was such a nice period of my life. Like I look back on it and think it was so nice to not have any pressure from anyone, like not have any opinions, not have any – no one knew who I was. I could be whoever I wanted to be. Um, And it was definitely that period of like solitude and I don't know with like the – if you've ever done tarot cards or anything, but I'd always get the hermit – It was like my season of like, yeah, hibernation, being the hermit, like solitude and yeah, definitely.
0: Absolutely. We were talking about this just previously outside of the -hmm. recording, but we were talking about how the past few weeks have felt like we just needed to rest quite a bit. And we were talking about how we kind of have a little bit of negative connotations with ourselves and that mean inner critic comes out when we do rest. Do you think that that was the same when you were in your hibernation era, in quotation marks, like during those first four months, like did you view rest the same or was it just complete burnout? Um, It's actually so,
1: it's a really good question you've asked because that was probably the one time in my life where I let myself not feel guilty
0: mm-hmm. for
1: resting and not feel, I didn't feel lazy, I didn't make myself feel bad for not working or not doing anything I set a very clear intention before I left Melbourne that I was going to take time off and when I left and people like what are you going to do up there and blah blah blah. it was actually really hard to say I'm actually not going to do anything for a few months like I'm going to rest and then I'm going to figure it out and people would give you those weird looks and they're like but what are you going to do for work but what are you going to blah 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 and it's like nothing don't you get it I'm going to do nothing. But I think the reason it's so interesting, the reason why I felt no pressure was because I didn't know anyone here and I didn't have anyone to feel responsible to or feel like I had to portray myself a certain way to, whether when I got to know more people up here or even when my social media took off, I felt like, I had to uphold a certain image or I had to uphold the standard again of like, I have to be successful. I have to do X, Y, and Z. And so that again made me slip back into resting is bad. You should feel guilty. You're lazy. Like you're not doing enough. You're not all of that stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. I reflect back on that time a lot and think. Like I need to remember that type of rest because that's the rest that I need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I don't even know how to particularly ask this question, but I'm just going to like kind of word vomit. Go for it. How, when you're in this zone or I guess mode of hibernation, where you're like just taking the pressure off of resting, of doing anything else and you are saying how you were really alone, not necessarily lonely, but just like alone, maybe you did feel lonely, mm. how you were able to just let yourself be and just exist. And I'm not sure if you felt this way, but I feel like whenever I've been in my hibernation eras, I have really come to know myself and to let my like soul rest from all of mm. the pressures from like society and jobs and friendships and you know other relationships that are out there and also from my mean inner critic and i think it's so interesting how you go back into society you go back into friendships and then all of a sudden this i don't want to say facade because it's probably still you it's just like yeah a different version of you like the social side of you that you just have to like put up and then now all of these expectations come on too just I yeah I feel like that's so relatable
1: (laughs) yeah and it happens like it's it's a really interesting battle in my head because I know how it feels to be in that mode of like hibernation and you're right like the biggest thing for me during that time was it was such like a self-discovery time i allowed myself the freedom to try so many different things to be creative to just have fun and i can compare that to now where i at the moment i'm like taking a step back and i'm trying to rest a bit more and heal my relationship with rest and i can see all of the constraints that I have on myself around rest. And the issue is not like, obviously there's a level of issue when it comes to society and the way all of society, society. And, you know, I don't want to go too crazy into it, but like whether it's capitalism structure and stuff, make you feel like you need to be busy to be worthy. Um, But, It's not so much about need. I always think, okay, in order to go into that hibernation, I need to not see people. I need to be alone. I need to X, Y, and Z. But that doesn't heal the relationship because there's always going to be other people around you. Like you're not going to be a hermit forever. And so for me now, I'm trying to learn how to be myself, be okay with rest, be okay with all of these different things while i have people around me while i have friends around me family around me partners whatever it is because if i don't heal that i'm gonna keep jumping in and out of this like oh i'm gonna avoid everyone so i can do this stuff and then i'll jump back in and then i'll feel the pressure again you Mm -hmm. know so it's definitely a very hard
0: balance absolutely i feel like when you're in that hermit mode And you know, it's so safe and it's comfortable and it's awesome. Mm. And you learn so much about yourself and you have so much rest and recovery time. And then you wake up and you're like, okay, maybe I want to go out and you know, exit my hibernation era now. And then you go out into society and then all of a sudden it's like so overwhelming, but you're like, this is just how it is, and you stick it out, and then you get like exhausted all of that rest just goes down the drain because you haven't come back to balance. And then, like you said, just like dipping your toes in between both of those pools constantly until you realize that, you know, it's, we're made for balance. We're made to be able to enjoy rest, hibernation, taking it whenever we need, but also made for connection and being vulnerable and relationships and having fun times with your friends and being yeah. in a balance is, I feel like that's a lifelong journey.
1: It really is. It is. And it's always going to be hard when you have people around you that, like it's great when you have people around you who understand that kind of difficult Balance, But I think there's still a lot of people out there who, like, don't kind of see that spell that they're under yet. And I don't mean to say that they're ignorant or anything like that. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. But they don't, they can't almost relate to the struggle that you're going through in terms of trying to be, like, really authentic to yourself and what you want to do. But then struggling with how the world sees you or how you think the world sees you. Um, And so it it is a lifelong thing, but I think you can get to a point, like I'm slowly getting to a point where if I'm working on myself enough and I'm making sure that I am like catching my thoughts and making changes to them, that it won't have to be such a difficult battle moving forward. I'll be able to kind of stand true. My biggest hope for myself is just that I'll be able to stand true in my voice and in what I want to do and not feel any shame around that. Like that's the ultimate goal for my self-work. I think anything beyond that is kind of easy to get through if you can kind of unshame yourself from all of that judgment that you think is coming at you
0: yeah absolutely like the projections of that inner critic yeah. your life and just knowing yeah extending true in your authentic self absolutely what a great goal hey what a yeah great <laughs> great goal. that's a big goal but such a great goal it's what keeps me going <laughs> right? It's what keeps you chugging along oh, my. literally <laughs> I was just thinking when you were talking about your self-development work before how Even within that hibernation mode, there are pros and cons. And Mm. it can also feel really exhausting to be in your hibernation mode, which is why I think that balance is so important. Because as you probably know, when we're doing all this self-development work and we're healing our wounds, we're going to therapy, we're doing all of the things, it can get exhausting to be in our minds and in this hardcore self-development phase for so long. And sometimes Mm. all we need is to go talk shit with a friend at coffee and like, yeah, like it can be the basic most basic thing, but just like getting out of your own mind is also really beneficial for you. And doesn't like quote unquote derail you from your self improvement. You don't have to like go sit in a, by all means go sit in the cave, but you don't have to sit in the cave like years and just meditate. Like it's important to have the balance. And I think, yeah. Myself at least, as a, someone who's like an all or nothing person, I have a tendency to just dive into like completely wholeheartedly dive into self development and isolate myself. But that's really not the answer because there's yeah. the importance of play and the importance of working hard in like a job and also having relationships and friendships and adventures yeah. and whatnot. And um I find that when you come across people who are either, you know, maybe not on the same page as you in terms of like balancing those two worlds, it can feel like you're doing it wrong if you're not doing a hun- if you're not doing it a hundred and ten percent. And that can be quite challenging, um, especially when we're like seeking self worth from external things because if we're not sitting in the cave for four years, we're not developing ourselves. But <laughs> if we're not sitting in an office for four years, hustling for, you know, that new promotion, then we're not yeah. you know climbing up the corporate ladder. We're not putting our all into our work. We're not living and breathing this life that, you know, we studied for. And that's yeah. like really hard to recognise that it's okay to do things in parts and, like, balance
1: everything yeah and I think you have to think about you know it's definitely okay to have your moments of solitude and have that you know that hermit kind of vibe and everything like that but who you become during that phase if that's a version of you that you really like you know you've done self-development work you've been in that kind of hibernation mode can you maintain that when you leave that hibernation mode because that's the most important thing a lot of the times like what i was saying before i did so much in those four five months when i was in hibernation mode but i couldn't maintain it when i came out of it when i started making friends when i had you know social circles around me when i had society coming in like i couldn't maintain it and so you have to think, okay, I might do all this stuff on my own, but if I can't maintain it when it comes to what my life is really like, then it's not a sustainable change. Like you kind of have to be able to work on yourself while also like doing your hibernation, coming out of it and continuing that work because it doesn't end with the hibernation.
0: It's so true. Like making sustainable changes And I've really found that in my journaling, I guess, journey, my journaling journey, Mm. I used to, when I was in my hermit mode, my hibernation mode, I was journaling once a day, maybe twice a day. And that was awesome and all well and good. And I unpacked so much. And it's definitely something and a practice that I will continue to do throughout the rest of my life. But now I'm working split shifts and I can't do my morning journal because I'm up at 4am and I need to get out the Mm. door. At night, my mind is not ready for that. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to journal tonight. And it goes maybe a week without journaling. And that's, you know, fine and all well and good because it's still part of my practice. It's still that bit of percentage of hibernation mode that comes into a month if we like look at it over a month, but it's not every single day. And it's just like maintaining that balance and yeah, I love the like imagery of dipping your toes in different pools and mm. just like you're yourself and your whole outside of the different pools. And when yeah. you you just dip your toes in to different pools of what you need.
1: Yep. And you yeah. yeah, I used I used to be the same kind of, I had an all or nothing mindset when it came to self-development and like, I have to journal every day. I have to meditate every day. Like I have to have that set routine probably because I am a routine gal. Like I like to have the routine, but I realized that it's not actually beneficial for you to kind of set rules on what you have to do because what you need changes just like your needs in a relationship or a friendship as you grow up like they change Mm -hmm. so it's not like you don't have to expect yourself to do the same thing every day to do the same thing this week that you did last week like at the beginning I used to journal every single day and meditate every single day and that really helped me at that phase in my life but as I'm learning to heal my relationship with rest right now i've realized that me forcing myself to meditate and journal every day is counterproductive to what i'm trying to heal and so i'm not forcing myself to do it i haven't journaled or meditated in like a week and that's coming from like a journal like fiend like i love journaling (laughs) and you know every season requires a different version and one thing you said before I wanted to reiterate too was um the importance of finding people who understand where you're at that has been the biggest shift for me having our weekly on a Friday we go and do our weekly co-work um walk talk and work thing and just having you and like a bunch of people who kind of are interested in having those deep discussions it's changed Not my weeks, but, like, my life in terms of how honest I can be with my friends and how vulnerable I can be and just knowing that people won't judge me. They don't have to understand, but I know that, like, no one there will judge me. They'll just listen.
0: Yeah. Just be either a soundboard or someone to celebrate you.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: Surrounding yourself with people who get it. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard to find. And I think sometimes you do have to be that friend for yourself. You do have to be your own support system, especially if you're feeling yeah. stuck. But feeling into that tension like you probably would have done when you were first quitting your job, feeling into that tension of, not, of being inauthentic and, mm-hmm. you know, not viewing that as necessarily a bad thing but as a sign that, you know, you need a – take control of the reins and actually do what's going to help you and actually do what is going to be best for you despite all contradictions, whether that is like societal pressures or, you know, pressures from family because I know at least not necessarily in my family but in family Mm -hmm. of friends, like there's a lot of pressure to succeed. Or to get a particular job, or to go to uni straight after school and to study, you know, for years on end. And that's amazing for some people and great for some people, but maybe just not in this time of their life. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, this errors tour is really just bringing up the fact that we all go through errors. (laughs) We all do. We all do, and there's just, like there's different phases for everything in life, and yeah, it's so beautiful because you know that you just cherish the moment that you're in and the era that you're in, and you know it's gonna change. You might re record yeah. in a few years. <laughs> that was a reference. I'm really sorry,
1: <laughs> I got it.
0: <laughs> Good. Good, we're on the same page,
1: yeah, we are. She's the queen of – I think she is actually a really good example um, of, like, being okay with where you're at and, like, celebrating where you're at because there's been so long where I have gotten angry with myself or that inner critic has come up around, like, oh, you're this old, you should have done this by now, someone else has already done this by now, like – And my overachiever is not the type of person that's like, oh, other people have done this by now. You should have too. My overachiever is like, people have done this by now. You should have done it two or three years ago. Like (laughs) I'm like, you know, like "Mm, not good. (laughs) But I think it's so strange, but seeing people like whether it's Taylor Swift or whether it's whoever, like I don't actually care, but seeing people who just celebrate where they're at, who like, you know, she's, Had a lot of boyfriends and, you know, she's older than me and I feel the stress sometimes of like, oh, you should be married by a certain age and you should do this by a certain age and blah, blah, blah. And just to see people out there who are like, no, like it doesn't have to be that way. Life just happens as it happens. And I'm proud of these errors that I've had in my life and how I've changed. That's something really nice to see and nice to see kind of modeled on a... Bigger level as well.
0: Absolutely. Like, what is she? Thirty? I want to say thirty-two. I could be so wrong. Thirty?
1: Maybe I'm not sure.
0: This me is like screaming. Come on, you should know this. <laughs> um. Anyways, but yeah, like I look at her and I think, yeah, she has achieved so much. She's absolutely a master. Yeah. And just amazing in her own a beautiful way, but her life hasn't necessarily followed like stereotypical norms. And it yeah. gives me so much freedom and permission to just take life as it comes and to yeah. appreciate, like, this youth because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in the cycles and feel like your youth is just, like, non-existent and not to cherish it. Um mm. Whereas, like, if you're, like, under 40, like, you know, under 30, you're still, like, so young, and yeah, this era of experimenting and getting to know who you are and going through these different eras in your life. I was talking to a good friend the other day, and she was saying how your 20s just feels like a midlife crisis over and over. Again. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> so true, right? It just feels like your crisis, oh, averted, crisis, averted, crisis, averted. yeah. It's just like you're constantly changing. Every week is just so different and that's really awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be celebrated because you're not going to figure out what you like to do or who you want to be or what you believe in or any of those things if you don't, like, if they're not challenged or you don't try new things. Yeah. So if you are looking at your 20s and you're like, oh, I'm sick of the constant, like, having, happy- having to do something new and not finding it's not right for me and blah, blah, blah. Like what would you be if you you didn't do that? Yeah, Yeah. literally. Like it's literally the best time for you to be doing that. You'd rather do that now than like be really unhappy for 20, 30 years and then be like, oh, like I don't – I feel like I don't have time left to figure it out. So, yeah, like there's nothing – The the only way you're going to figure life out and figure out what you want to do, who you want to be, is if you give yourself the permission to try those different things. And that takes time.
0: It does. It does. And it takes hibernation eras. And it takes social eras. And it takes finding the balance in both of those things. It's a journey, hey? 100%. It's such a journey. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Well, life is a journey. Like... Whatever way you want to look at it, if you're not into self development, if you are, like, either way, it's a journey. Like, (laughs) time is a journey. Things change, things happen. Like, it's all going to be a journey. It's just like how you want to live your journey.
0: What a beautiful way to finish it off. Thank you so much. Such a beautiful (laughs) chat. That was actually really awesome. What a good note to finish on. Life goes through phases. Everyone is just figuring it out as we go along. And, yeah. yeah, I'm so grateful to be able to have this chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure everyone no, thank is you. just, like, feeling like a warm hug, feeling like they just went and had coffee <laughs> with friends. And I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what we do podcasts for, right, just so that people feel like they're heard and they're seen and this is real raw stuff so yeah yeah absolutely where can my people find your people and you and your amazing <laughs>
1: <people>? <laughs> yeah so um i am elevated by m on everything instagram tiktok my podcast is called elevate you um there's i think four or five episodes out i am on a bit of hiatus at the moment while i heal my relationship with the rest <laughs> um but there's episodes out for you to listen to and yeah just Instagram or TikTok
0: such good episodes too guys actually when you were talking about your journey before she has a whole episode two episodes on your journey yeah and I remember thinking I feel like I've heard this before and I was like yeah (laughs) and we talked about this or was I just listening to your podcast and probably run or something like that that's what we're here for. Just to like, you know, people so well when you listen to their voice and you like, yeah. Fast. It's just, it's, it's true. Like, what a great platform. What an absolute privilege to be able to do this. Mm. Thank well, you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. End of the recording.